Good morning and welcome to HR Tech uh, Weekly. How are you, Stacy? I'm doing well, John. I am uh, enjoying a little bit of uh, time where the, the weather's a little bit cooler here in North Carolina, and I am busily writing away on the annual HR system survey and analyzing data. We have a lot of interesting stuff that's coming out right now, getting ready for HR Tech uh, season uh, in the next few months. Fantastic, and I am, you, you know, the fires here in Northern California, they're, they're, they're a good 30 miles away from me, but the air is just full of ash, and everybody's sneezing, breathing's a little hard, and the sky is gray from the, from the um, smoke. That it's is a not wild good. time here. I know. Well, I, 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 every time I see the news come out from California, I just I think about you and the, and everyone else who's out there, and it just seems uh, it's heartbreaking to watch those houses um, uh, get lost and the and the lives right now that are in danger. It it there was a big uh, um, article about the fact that you know some of this is the increase in heat, and some of it is the fact that new homes are being built in areas where they traditionally were not. Um, is that sort of the, the commentary in California as well? I mean, what, what is the, the conversation there about how to maybe not um, continue this going forward, or is it just going to be? Uh, oh, you know, you know, um, forests have to burn in order for them to survive. Right? The, 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 the idea that, that forest fires are somehow um, preventable um, is... Uh, is something that people who don't live in forests think about. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, you know the, the the natural system is that is that is that uh, trees grow up, the stuff on them falls off, it turns into tinder, and, and that's that's the source of fires. And the fire, you know, there, there are many trees actually that that won't reproduce until the benefire. Mm. Right. So what it, what it takes to get the seeds to sprout is they have to go through a fire, and so so it isn't particularly pleasant, and and one would would um, probably not be smart to build in those places where it's obvious that it's going to burn. Um, but it's a natural thing. It's a very yeah. natural thing. Yeah, that seems to be the consensus, although it is very sad, and it's hard to imagine losing your house um, and everything with that. I, it, it's sort of in you – know, we, we run not quite so dramatic, but in Ohio when the when I used to live there and the tornadoes used to come, you know, you just – you never knew where it was going to hit, but you knew every year it was going to hit. So there there was no way to really stop. A tornado was, was part of the process. So, yeah. That, that's right. That's right. Um, um, so what's the mailbag? Well, there's some interesting things going on this week. Not as much as last week, but but it's been sort of a a busy, I think, getting ready for the you know big sort of conference season that everybody's heading into. I mean, you and I are obviously working on our big reports. We should probably do a little bit of update on that maybe as we wrap up today. Um, but we're also seeing some investments happening um, this week. Um, we saw um, HR tech company Perkspot receive $50 million um, from a growth equity group. Um, we also saw a couple, uh, um, namely, that you know, is well-known from their, their marketing standpoint for the SMB core HRMS um, space. Um, they appointed a new CEO um, after they had some challenges with their previous CEO and raised $60 million along with that. So I think a lot of, in, of 
focus on the SMB market. We're also seeing um, another organization called Worklet raising $6.5 million, led by uh, Trinity Ventures. That was an organization focusing on workplace injuries, um, not quite as well known in the HR tech space, but really important in the space where you're managing the um, compliance around uh, workforce injuries. Um, and then another employee video organization, I was going to say, this is one I don't know as well, I don't think you know it as well either, we talked a little bit about it, is Altru raised $1.3 million to improve their recruiting with employee videos. Um, I'm not sure, you know, how how saturated that market is, but there seems to be a lot of sort of employee video recruiting tools out in the market. Um, we also are seeing some interesting stuff happening um, in the sort of paycheck space. So Walmart employees um, now have the opportunity to use a new app to manage their finances or access their wages early. Now, we've talked a little bit about this um, last year with the sort of the new apps that allow you to sort of get access to your paycheck that day. Um, and there's some interesting things that they put in place here to manage that in a way that is responsible. Um, so there's some interesting stuff, I think, talking about that. Um, and then, obviously, all the work that we're doing on our um, reports. So those are sort of the big news things talking about today. Do you, do you want to give an update on what's going on with your report, John, before we dive into the news? Sure, sure. Well, well um, I am probably 50% of the way through writing up the report. Uh, it, was, it was an astonishing process to get here. I interviewed over 100 people who have their fingers in the AI pie, and so the report is a, an assessment of what I've learned in that process. Uh, and um, what's, what's interesting to me is that we're headed into a time that's not what any of the people I talked to imagined. It's, 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 there, there are a few. That's, that's, it's extreme to say they didn't imagine at all. But, but the people who are doing um, sort of point solution AI projects, uh, and there's, oh, I don't know, Couple hundred companies like this. Um, um, what what, the, what they're focused on is short-term solutions to short-term problems with some laboratory exercise on the back end of it. And what what they miss is that an HR department, for instance, will will have ten data models for every employee and ten data models for every office and ten data models for every department and um, and those things are all going to have to relate to each other and this question of how do you manage the entire enterprise uh, intelligent interface is it's a really big deal it's a really big deal I see a time when a company with 5,000 employees will have a million data models. And when you have a data model, a data model is you build an algorithm so that you can get the data right to go to, to have the data model, which will do the actual processing and stuff. And the data model wears out. It wears out because you aim them towards a set of objectives. They reach those objectives. And then it starts doing weird stuff after it's done with its work. So you have to be in the business of replacing data models when they become less efficient. Um, and it's smart to be looking at the data model all the time to see if there's a different approach to it. So, so imagine you've got 
you know, this huge array of data models. You're watching each individual data model make sure that it's healthy, that there isn't a better way of solving the problem, um, and that it's producing the results that you want. And when something about its health fails, you replace it. You replace it with the stuff that you've been testing out. And so, so there's a whole um, workbench um, that that you have to do, and this whole workbench has to be responsive to the ways that organizations change on a routine basis. Right? So there's this whole, how do you do the organizational infrastructure for intelligent tools? And this is, these are not little robots talking to you. The stuff that talks to you and the stuff that, that can be used with sort of verbal interfaces is all really, really primitive. It can deal with yes or no answers in a flowchart, not not a conversation. This this stuff that we're doing is right now is the layer of intelligence that can be done by making associations with things. It's all correlation. There's nothing about decision making embedded in it. So so this stuff doesn't really replace people at work. One of the things that I've started to conclude is that the idea that people are going to lose their jobs en masse as the result of intelligent software is really overblown. It's really overblown. So if you take the you take the the gross example of truck drivers. Yep. Uh, right. The, the the theory is truck drivers aren't going to be working after five years from now because they're going to be replaced by automated trucks. And so the first thing is, what's the replacement cycle in the truck fleet? And it's about twelve <laughs> years. Right? Yeah. And so 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 that change, were it to be exactly to start five years from now, it would take twelve years for the truck drivers to be replaced. But because this is not decision-making software and there is always some risk of liability, truck drivers are going to have to babysit these smart things for the very foreseeable future, 20 years, 30 years. Uh, because when the truck runs over somebody, if it is not the fault of the company that owns the truck, it's the fault of the company that made the truck. Um, and and so you have to have a driver there to take responsibility for it. You have to have a driver there so that so that it's possible to steer the truck away from the person that it's about to run over. Yeah. And and so so those jobs will change. I think it, it's a lot harder to watch watch a truck drive itself than it is to drive the truck. Um, it's harder to be a manager, so, sort of. But uh, basically, yeah. But the truck driver isn't going away. The truck driver's job is just going to change. Um, and, and that's true of almost everything. Now, there are, there's stupid, right? There's, there's work that people do that's just stupid. Like in HR, people take data from one system, put it in a spreadsheet, and then enter it into another system. That happens all the time. Mm-hmm. That, sort of st- that sort of stuff's going away. <laughs> because because you can train a machine to do that. It's a simple binary tour. Is this the data? Is Does it go there is the question. Um, and so the spreadsheet jockey stuff might disappear. But those people, 
are going to have better work to do anyhow because the explosion of people analytics is so extraordinary that that instead of copying and pasting programming, they're going to have to um, understand what the analytics are telling you. It's an interesting perspective you're pointing out, which is this idea of of the changing jobs versus the replacing of jobs, right? Um, Which is meaning that you're going to have to increase skill sets and the, the ability to make decisions with um, ambiguous information, because that, that's what humans do best, right? And that's the, that's the thing that they'll be tasked with doing. And it sounds like, you know, a very similar model to what we're seeing happening in almost all of the sort of IT infrastructure technology roles as well right now, right? Um, so, so, so I've been wondering about the changing skill set idea. Right. The the I, it, do you think it's really a let's let's do the truck driver because it's such a wonderful simple example. Yeah. Is it really a different skill? Well, well. So if you're not driving the truck and you have to watch a machine drive the truck, then you have yeah. to do better at staying awake than you did before. <laughs> uh, right. So so the the how do you stay awake skill set. Yeah. But how do you not run over? the person in front of the truck, that's the same skill set. Yeah, but I think if something goes wrong, then it's going to go terribly. So so probably a little bit more aligned with this. I actually saw a great article on how – pilots have now become very much, you know, you, you put, can put the plane on autopilot and go, right? But when something goes wrong, you have to be very good at what you do to get out of it, right? Um, that That's that's really what pilots are there for is when something goes wrong and to bring and to stop the um, truck to, when it gets into traffic that you're not going to be able to um, have it do auto management on. That's kind of the idea, right? So it's the idea that they have to be better at driving in places where you couldn't use the autopilot, and they have to be better when something goes wrong, right? Right, right. But the question is, are they, is that the same skill or is that a different skill? It sounds like the same skill to me. It's just it's 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 used more intensely. You might have to yeah. be better. And so instead of being a class B truck driver, you might have to be a class A truck driver. But that's yeah. not. It's it's being better at the same skills rather than having brand new skills that you have to do. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Um, it'll be interesting. Yeah. The other thing is is will you have you know the the automation of a lot of this that they're talking about, which is very much similar to manufacturing, is will it just be one truck behind you, or will you be pulling six loads of trucks, right? And you're managing more than just your individual element. Those are another things we're hearing a lot about too, right? Well, that would you, you know the, there are pretty specific laws about how big a truck can be. So 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 now you're saying. Um, that that people are going to be put out of work because the laws will change. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> I can tell you, in Ohio, we now have these two and three long trucks. It's kind of amazing. So <laughs> where yeah, I, when, I, not, when I was traveling home the other day, <laughs> they're not allowed everywhere, and and yeah. so so I, I well I you know I don't know. All sorts of things are going to happen. I just don't see 
um, sort of overnight people going out of work. I don't see how that would happen. And the harder I look at it, the less likely that seems to me. No, and, and and I agree. I think you know everything's going to happen slowly. But I do think that there is some necessary sort of changes that need to be made in our education system to prepare people for what are going to be the new jobs, right? I mean, one of the things you know um, that we're learning in our research right now is, and I think your comment about the cycle of replacement is really important when you're thinking about this, right? Um, uh, we're looking at the length of time that organizations are holding on to their HR technology, right? And that average time is, is pretty long for, for a lot of organizations. You know, you're looking at payrolls and core HRMSs being in the range of eight to ten years in some cases for large organizations, right? Well, and, when, we did, when we did that research a couple of years ago, it was payroll, payroll systems were over ten. Yeah, um, yeah. Right? Um, ATS systems were in the eight-year range. That, that, that stuff... Um, if somebody's interested in, in sort of life cycle ownership, between Sierra Cedar's report and, and the report that we have up on the HR Examiner website, there's pretty interesting stuff about what those purchasing cycles look like. And you'd be tempted to think, I'm tempted to think, that intelligent software means that those cycles are going to increase. Well, and, that, and that's and a good that, question, right? Well, so that's that's another thing that we're seeing in the in the research is that that companies so so they're the little little microservice providers and there's sort of a patchwork of them and there's some interesting things you can do there. But what's most interesting is there's a, a brewing battle between the old school and the old school is Oracle, SAP. Um, Workday, Ceridian, all all those companies that are that are sort of legacy companies, and then there's the new people, and the new people look like Google, Facebook, Microsoft. Um, uh, there's one or two others in that pile that I'll, that I'll draw a blank on this this morning, um, and and the one does software where you put data in and data comes out, right? And that's that's their premise. The others are um, intelligence as a commodity, right? And so there's a battle brewing between those two things. And what, what the battle really boils down to is, is a land grab. And, and so you're seeing things at, at the big company sales point right now. You're seeing incredible pricing because getting people into seats um, pays over a 10-year period, and yeah. if they are using your intelligence, part of part of what happens with the intelligence is it's an editorial point of view. Mm-hmm. So, so in, in the example of flight risk forecasting, I've seen maybe 40 different flight risk forecast models now, and every company does flight risk forecasts different, yeah. right? And they all do it based on the data that they have. And so, so the a company that does time and attendance will have a flight risk forecast, and it's based on time and attendance. And another company will have a flight risk forecast that's based on amount of time at the keyboard, and another will have a flight risk forecast that's based on some other set of patterns. If you change suppliers, um, you change the flight risk forecast models out. And that means that the way that you've been managing your people has to change. Yep. 
because because you have a different analysis of what's going on in your workforce. There's no way of benchmarking these things to see if the people who appear on the list for company A are the same people who appear on the list for company B. There's no way of doing that. And so and so so you won't know until you make the change whether or not Stacy is on the flight risk list for the new vendor as she was in the old vendor, and that will cause people to stay with the vendors longer. No, well, and, and I think that, well, so you're saying they're going to stay with vendors longer versus replacing them more quickly. Is that what I'm yeah. hearing? So yeah, yeah okay. that's, that's what intelligence offer does, is it makes you stay yeah. with your vendor longer. And and that, I think, is is, is the commentary that we're, we're trying to get a sense of, right? Is this a, because some people would say that, the length of time is reducing, and I would say that's probably the case if you look at mid-market organizations versus large organizations. But uh, to your point, when there's a methodology or an approach or, as you said, algorithms and insights, right, that are tied to different types of um, data, you know, will that have an adverse or a positive impact on, on how long an organization keeps the, uh, their current technology? Will it also have an impact on the type of organizations you want them to target to get into your database, right? Um, that's another conversation I think that's really big right now, which is, you know, do you want to have everybody from your industry? Do you want to have everybody from different industries so you have a different look? Those things will also have a have a, a play in that as well, right? So I think you're talking about benchmarking, yeah? Um, and well, not just benchmarking, but the idea of um, – the data that you have in your system that's helping you make those insights, right? The, the that's running the the in artificial intelligence. If it all comes from one industry, you'd have more insight in that industry, right? If it all comes from multiple industries, it would be a different look, wouldn't it? There, there are not a lot of companies who are blending data in that way. There are a few, and it's a it's a it's a kind of a, a questionable practice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, differentiation comes from not incorporating other people's ideas into your stuff, and yeah. so, so, so where benchmarking is prudent, having control over what the benchmark is is great, and there's 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 a kind of benchmarking that's implicit in um, um, intelligent tools that that's like real time benchmarking. Right? Yeah. Um, but but the things that make people flight risk forecast flight risk example, yeah exactly um, the things that make people leave your company are not the things that make people leave another company right and so and so you don't ever 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 want to lose sight of that you want to know um, how your human capital utilization compares to other people, but you may not want to make decisions because because it's being done some other way in some other company. I don't think we know. I, th- I think I think this is the murky territory, right? But yeah. we don't really know enough to make some of the decisions that we're starting to make. Yeah. Well, it, it's definitely going to be, I think, a, a, a big conversation in the market when your report launches here in the fall. And I know we'll have some some data on our research that's going to talk a little bit more about sort of why organizations are changing their technology and what's driving them to. So that might have some insight, and hopefully we can pair up the ideas of 
what's going to be in the future and what organizations are making decisions about today. Um, maybe just sort of a wrap-up, because we only have a few minutes left. We should probably talk a little bit about some of the, some of the news. So namely, um, we did announce, as we said this week, their uh, new CEO and another $60 million in investments. And um, this is sort of interesting, because namely has been sort of well-known in the SMB market. A lot of organizations, you know, under 100 employees is their focus. And they really took the sort of um, HR tech community by storm just a few years ago because of their focus on marketing. Their name, namely, was almost everywhere you looked a few years ago in the um, HR tech conference. You saw, you know, commercials of them. You saw them marketed everywhere. Is um, But they have a new CEO because of some of the, the things that happened with their existing CEO. Uh, John, do you think that we're going to see more organizations um, uh, reevaluating their approaches to marketing over the next couple of years, or is that going to stay the same? Do you think is is, is it going to be as much about marketing as it is about um, products and solutions uh, going forward in some of these technologies? Oh, oh, the the solutions are so similar that it's almost all about marketing already. And what's happening? I got the I got the coolest piece of email from a from a fellow who runs recruiting for a big fashion company, um, and and in the letter he had he had a table. This was, he sent me a copy of a note that he sent to a to an HR tech vendor. The letter had a table, and the table was weeks across the top, ten weeks, and down the side were six opening lines to an email. Hi, how are you? You're probably tired of getting email. I just wanted to follow up. You know, the, the, the crap yeah. that's in your email box. And and in this chart, he had a dot for every time the opening line was used um, and uh, in the week and the whole 10 weeks. There were 37 pieces of email. 37 pieces of email with six different opening lines and he ended the note by saying, and I predict that next week you're going to send me three pieces of email with these three opening lines. Uh, but that's how bad it is. <laughs> that's how bad it is. And there are um, 200 venture-funded, AI-oriented companies out there pumping this stuff out along with everybody else in the world. And so... Uh-huh. So there's a new job that's emerging, which is called the vendor management position in, in the CHRO's office. And that right now is the person to whom all the spam is directed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they get to sort it out. What's going to happen is that person is going to become the owner of the department API. Yeah. And, and, and the, the response to this aggressive content marketing is going to be that HR departments get very serious about the specs they apply to their data, and they're going to manage their data as a result of it, and the, the content marketing stuff will fail. And so there's going to be a change in the way that marketing happens. We just well, don't know and, what it is. And this, I think, it, this shows a little bit about the, the value of substance. I mean, I mean, this particular issue, um, Matt Stratz, who was the CEO and co-founder for Namely, you know, he, there is no uh, insight or information into what happened, but he was let go for what they called inconsistent um, 
behaviors with what is expected of the namely leadership. That was the statement that was put out by the company. And, (laughs) you know, getting caught up in the Me Too movement is probably not a good thing for any HR um, organization. But they did a nice job of coming back very quickly with, you know, uh, a new CEO. Um, That new CEO acquired new funding uh, pretty quickly, um, $60 million, and it looks like they're focusing more on putting substance to the Namely product as well as the marketing. And and that, I think, will be a a good shift for them. But I think it will be interesting to see how, you know, the balance of marketing versus um, good products uh, goes forward, right? Yep, yep. It's going to be be an interesting time. Um, um, And and we're going to see a bunch of fascinating changes. So, so, any last thoughts? What's going on? I, I hogged up the time this time. What's going on with your research? Well, we're doing really good, interesting stuff. Like I said, we're going to be coming out with some um, fun new, I think, facts around um, which organizations are sort of transitioning in and out of the various HR technologies. So, we'll be looking a lot more at how these ecosystems are changing. Um, we're also going to be looking a lot more at integration and um, API strategies, you know, a lot of what you're talking about, just seeing sort of the starts of that, right? Um, we'll also be looking at um, the vendors. We've always looked at the vendors by user experience and vendor satisfaction. That's something that we do for all vendors um, from the user's perspective uh, that we have enough data for each of the vendors that are in our uh, data set but we're also going to share the user's perspective on the gaps that those vendors, um, the perception of the gaps uh, that those vendors have. And so that's going to be an interesting new analysis that we're going to be sharing this year so that organizations get a sense of sort of how well their um, organizations feel they're sort of meeting their business needs, not just whether or not they feel that they are have a good user experience or they're a good vendor relationship. So um, it'll be, you know, some interesting new data coming out. We're also seeing, I think, um, some fun stuff this year and the fact that we're getting a little bit of an, a shift in the audience as far as their own technology. Last year we had, or the last previous years, we've had a lot of Microsoft um, Internet Explorer users, right? So we can get data on what type of software they're coming in from. This year, um, about 50% of the organizations are coming in on Chrome. Uh, it's about 20% higher than last year. So we're seeing that shift take place in the people who are participating in the survey. Um, I don't know if that gives us a sense of sort of who's taking the survey these days um, or if we're just seeing that Chrome is continuing to increase its overall adoption. Um, but I thought that was sort of interesting as well, that we're starting to see some shifts in those type of things. So, so it's going to be some fun stuff coming out this year. Cool. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see it. We're, we're getting down to the to – the, um, um, narrow part of the game, so, yeah. so this is it's going to be intense from here on out. Well, we ran through our half hour this morning. Um, um, thanks for doing this, Stacey. It's always a good conversation. Definitely, and I'm, I'm sure we'll have a, more things to cover in the next couple of weeks as organizations ramp up for the fall conference season. Um, I know I start traveling the first couple of weeks in September. I'm sure you do as well, so... Oh man, I, I'm going all over the place this fall. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. So, you've been listening to HR Tech Weekly, one step closer with Stacy Harris and John Sumter. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Thanks, Stacy. Yep. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.